Welcome to another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach. Here's your host, Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. Good morning, Columbus. I am Terry Manrique, and today we are back at Ask Our Parent Coach, a new edition segment. Uh, this show is brought to you by Working With Parents, Central Ohio's leading parenting experts and coaches, where we create a safe place for parents to seek help, support on topics such as parenting, communication, relationships, and emotional intelligence. I'm Terry Manrique. And I'm Alina Greif. So today we want to talk to you about expectations and how having and meeting or in most cases not meeting your own or other people's expectations really impacts your life. So Terry and I had a conversation this weekend about how to make the show more real and how to bring more realistic scenarios to our show so that you guys can relate to what we're talking about. And we decided what better way to do it than to bring real issues we're dealing with what? in our family. So we got real issues? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> we have real issues. We've got uh, real families, and believe it or not, we've got very, very real three children each. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, that, you know, and those kids are definitely making our life very exciting. So we thought about, you know, how can we make it more interesting, more engaging, and why not talk about real issues we're facing, yeah. right? Why yeah. not discuss what's really happening, what's real, what's, what struggles we're currently facing? Because just like everybody else, we face struggles, we learn from them, we get stronger, we mm -hmm. get better, but, you know, and we you have learn, to deal with it. And this. you learn from your experiences, right? Yes. And so we're hoping... Through our journey together, well, as listeners, you know, that you're going to help, we're going to help you learn through our experiences so that you can learn how to navigate certain things. So I think today we're going to talk a little bit about Alina and her mm -hmm. experiences with her kids, but I want to kind of share a little bit of my experiences with my husband. Oh, um, so of the expectations. Okay. So we'll have a pretty good conversation, <laughs> I think. Okay. Uh, I think that's, uh, okay. uh, it's really one of the things I learned to do is take a deep breath, right? Absolutely. So to kind of to start us off on this topic. So what happens when someone does not meet your expectations? Well, what happens typically is that we react, right? We, we go either into um, an anger mode or we go into sadness or we go into blaming ourselves or blaming the other person. But in most cases, we become very reactive. And we know that when we, become, when we become very reactive, we really can't resolve the issue. And so when expectations are not being met, whether it's your kids expecting you to do something and you're not delivering, your spouse not meeting your expectations, or you're not meeting someone's expectations, the end result is usually high emotional mm -hmm. uh, reactivity on the part of you or on the part of the people you know, around you. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this weekend and how, you know, some of those expectations were not being met in our family. Wow, I know this is shocking, right? Because we're so perfect all the time <laughs> when we meet everyone's expectations. And um, to talk about a little bit like how we dealt with this and what really worked and what I know is not going to work. Um, so in this situation, we have our middle child, our middle daughter in middle school. And she has track practice starting um, in about a couple of weeks. And she wanted us to be able to pick her up at five o'clock from school every single day um, when she's with us. 
And that is just not very practical. And the reason it's not practical is because we both, my husband and I work and I have clients and my husband cannot leave work early enough. So when we had this conversation, um, she got very upset. And what she said was, you guys can never take me anywhere. You never make an effort to pick me up. I am the only child who is going to be at school sitting there for hours waiting for you. Um, so immediately, right, so she got upset and emotional about it. And what happens when, when someone tells you this is that you start creating a story in your own head, right? <clears throat> yeah. And kind of like in my own head, I started creating the story about wow, I can't believe she's so ungrateful. What about all the times we do take her? What about the times we, <laughs> we get defensive? Early? We get, we get very defensive, right? right? Yes. And so in that situation, if one person is reacting, you're being defensive, your own emotions are running high, no one can resolve anything, yes, right? right? So, you know, what, what seemed to really work in that particular scenario is I took my husband aside and I said, look, she has a right to be frustrated. She has a right to express her emotions. How about we control our own emotions, mm -hmm. right? We regulate our own temper. Let's meet in the middle. And let's meet <laughs> in the middle and let's talk to our child very calmly about ways where we can possibly, you know, how we can meet her expectations and how we can actually work this situation out. Yeah. Because, you know, sport is important to her and I want her to participate, yes. right? Yes, yes. So, you know, we calmed down and then we came back to her and we said, okay, honey, you have every right to be frustrated. So tell us how you feel, yeah. right? And what is this really, you know, how do you feel? So she had like, you know, five minutes to express her emotion without being censored, yeah. without being judged, just knowing that her parents are listening, just to get her off her chest, yes, right? right. So once she expressed the emotions, um, you know, we listened and we were just there for her. And then we kind of explained calmly. Now, can I let you me, know, let me yeah, back you up yeah, a little bit? Yeah. How do you get her to get there? How do you, because not all parents can get their kids to get there. To get right? there. To, to get there, to be able to talk to you calmly. Um, well, it's modeling, right? right? So what I believe in, if you want your child to exemplify certain emotions and be a certain way, you've got to model it, right? So if you are yelling back at them or you're getting defensive and you're getting really upset and frustrated, you're not modeling what you're asking her to do. Mm -hmm. Instead, you know, when someone is just upset and their voice goes up, the best way to deal with that situation is for your own demeanor for yes. your own voice yeah. to be very calm and soothing right i understand you're frustrated we're here to listen no judgment you know express your feelings tell us how you feel and why and we're just going to be here to listen and just being very calm yeah and when she sees you being calm and you're not like participating in this reactivity then she is able to be calm too. And so I know that you had said that you weren't calm because you were a little bit, you took mm -hmm. it personal, right? Mm -hmm. You took it a little bit defensive. Mm -hmm. What did you do to get yourself in that space before I, you yes. were able to approach her, yes. right? Because obviously you Excellent. can't approach yes. her when yes. you're in that yes. space, right? <laughs> yes. Which many parents I think do, yes. right? They don't take yes. the time to step back, you know, to get mm -hmm. yourself in that right space mm -hmm. to be able to approach your partner, your child, your whoever, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this conversation is so great because it doesn't have to be just who you're approaching. It doesn't right. have to only be your child. It could Absolutely. be whoever you're having this conflict with. Absolutely. Or this this right energy, right? So how did you get there? What did you do? What were some things that you did to so, bring you back? Yes, that's an excellent question. So what helps me is to walk away for a couple of minutes 
and to just, uh, you know, and, and because I'm a coach and I do this for a living and I help other people with this, I do know how to regulate my own emotions, but it really helps me to walk away and, you know, just, just kind of like breathe, close my eyes and breathe for a couple of minutes. So I did that. I walked away, just sat there for maybe three, four minutes, just breathing, you know, close my eyes and telling myself, look, I am creating a story and I'm responsible for the story I'm creating. Here's a child who's frustrated, who has every right to be frustrated. Yes, right. right? Mm -hmm. But why am I creating a story? I'm an adult in this, right? Yes, <laughs> so, yes. So it's a choice. Yeah. You make a choice in that moment. Yes, I see my emotion. I'm choosing not to act on it because I know better. Yes. Right? Right. And then pulling my husband aside and saying, look, let's talk through this before we go back and talk to her mm -hmm. and saying, look, I think this is what we should propose. And I think this is how we can solve this. Mm -hmm. Kind of like being on the same page with him. Mm -hmm. Then going back into the room and saying, okay, honey, let's sit down. I can see you're frustrated. And then having that conversation. Right? Yes, right. So you have to regulate your own emotions before you can regulate anyone else's emotions. Correct. And I think the key thing here, I think for anybody who's listening is really it's the story that we allow ourselves mm -hmm. to get into mm -hmm. because those stories that we put in our heads just really amplify the entire situation yes. and make the whole situation a lot worse than mm -hmm. what it needs to be. Right. Yes. So yes. I think that's where the, that's key. Mm -hmm. And when you start to realize that you can stop those stories mm -hmm. and just take action immediately right there to pause, take a deep breath and say, okay, what can I do right now? Or what can I change or help mm -hmm. or What's the next mm -hmm. step for me right now? That's a realistic step, right? And yes. that is one, maybe getting yourself together, mm -hmm. breathing, breathing. <laughs> yourself some space, yes. and then having a conversation with your partner mm -hmm. or just having a conversation with yourself. Absolutely. Of what, what can I do now? And yeah. then going to that next step. Right. Instead and then of going, going into, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So when we were able to, you know, be calm and understand that we're all reacting and all of us are creating the stories, uh, we came back uh, together with our daughter and we discussed different options. And the options we agreed on, you know, and, and the solution, the compromise that she agreed to and we kind of worked on is the days we cannot get there at five o'clock. There's a public library 10 minutes away that she can walk to, right? So she's going to walk to the public library. She's going to wait for us until we're done with, you know, whatever commitment we have. And she can get her homework and, done. And she can and get she her gets, homework yeah. done. And she can, and she loves reading books. Yeah. She can check out her next book yeah. or she can drop off some books and then she can wait for us. Yeah. So we just being able to, you know, find a compromise and being able to talk through options, worst case scenario, best case scenario, but in a calm way, yes. right? Yeah. Where you're not flying high with your stories and emotions and anger and frustration, just being able to understand what is possible and let's talk yeah. through Yeah, and I think the great thing about when you have conversations like this with anybody, whether it's your partner or mm -hmm. your child or your whoever you're having these issues with, is that to, to sit there together to collaborate, mm -hmm. right? About what are the options. And mm -hmm. sometimes... You know, you as a parent staying silent and say, so mm -hmm. what do you think some options can be? You know, how can we work through this together? Because we know and I know that right now we can't be there at five o'clock. Right. So what do you think we can, what yes. options, what other options do you yes. think we can have? And let them yes. 
figure and that out. And she did. Good. What yes. she did is, hey, you know, my <laughs> friend, you know, Abby lives next door and her mom picks her up all the time. So maybe one day a week I can get a ride back with my friend and maybe another day I can walk to the library. And then we said, look, we're going to make every effort to be there when we can. Yes, right. And you might have to only wait for us five, ten minutes right. on those days, right? right? So it's just everybody kind of working together. But giving them the autonomy to come up with solutions too. Yes. Right? This yeah. is a problem we're trying to solve together. Right. Well, and I think too, if you do this early on with your kids to learn how to solve these problems and they're not always relying on mm-hmm. you to take them here and mm-hmm. there and doing that, you know, they start to realize, okay, I have to start making my own plans right. and make my own arrangements mm-hmm. because right you know what mom and dad mm-hmm. are not my chauffeurs mom right. and dad also have a life mom yes. and dad also have other obligations right and it's not just about me my right. this world is not only about me and that's one of the biggest things i think that we need to teach our kids is life is not just about you it's not right. just going to revolve around you right it, there's a lot of other components here and mm-hmm. there's going a lot of things that are going to happen in your life that you have to learn to adjust to and people have different, you know, you're going to have mm-hmm. different expectations that might not come out the way they're supposed to come out. Right. And you just have to learn how to deal with those expectations because yeah. that's just the way life is. And sometimes is. being disappointed is okay. Yeah. You know, I it's mean, a normal feeling. We all have it. And just sitting with that disappointment and frustration <laughs> is normal and it's fine as long as you don't become self-destructive, yes. right. Right? right, when you're feeling this way. Right. Well, and I think one of the things, one of the things that I've learned too is as you grow up, you um, you kind of start learning how to have these certain expectations of mm-hmm. yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's this, um, one of the trainings that I've done that it's called, you know, early on you create key decisions about who you're going to be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there is some moment in your life, you know, when you go mm-hmm. back in your life, you know, when you were a young kid, uh, that there is something that had happened to you yes. that you created key decisions right. about who you are. Who you are. Who you're going to be. Right. Or what, what expe- expectations mm-hmm. you have of others. Mm-hmm. Right. So either my expectation is that no one's ever going to fulfill my, mm-hmm. my, my request. Or mm-hmm. my expectation is that nobody's going to be mm-hmm. able to be there for me when mm-hmm. I need them. Right. So you have to kind of understand that early on and, and tell yourself what, you know, what was that key decision for you? Mm-hmm early on that created this story in your head, mm-hmm. right? And one of my stories was my key decision was when I was a teenager, not teenager, I was in, in grade school and it was just me and my parents because all my siblings were already in high school. They were kind of out of the house already and I was the youngest one. And my, I remember it. I remember it very vividly. Like my key decision was my job was to be there for my mom. Mm. Like I was supposed to be the strong one for the mm-hmm. family. And I was the youngest. Mm. I was the youngest of five and they were all in college. They all moved out. You know, my sibling was in high school mm-hmm. and pretty much already getting married. But, you know, there was conflicts between my parents mm-hmm. and I felt like my mom didn't have anybody. Mm-hmm. So I made that key decision that I'm going to be the strong one. In and the I family. can see how that's really going to play over and over yeah. and over in your life. right? Yeah. Because you're going to take that decision mm-hmm. and apply it to all relationships. Yes. Yeah. Right? You're going to yeah. be the strong one. Yeah. You can't let anyone down. You can't let anybody down. You can't show your emotions. You can't, show, you you can't have to be, be vulnerable. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And it plays through my entire life. And right. it has still, right? Right. And I'm sure you've seen that as we partner yes. up. There's certain yes. things that I have this expectation yes. Yes. of myself and yes. I cannot fail anybody else mm-hmm. because this is my role. This mm-hmm. is a role that 
was not really given to me. It was a role that I that decided chose, I needed yeah. to take, right? Right, right? And so you have to learn what those key decisions were for your life mm-hmm. and figure out how do I let, what is that new story gonna be? What? How can I create a new story for myself so that I don't let myself down and I don't let my these expectations create something that they don't need. To and create. I think the power really comes from knowing, you know, what decision is and knowing you have a power yes. to change it yes. once you're aware of it, right? Because right? that decision is living in your subconscious and it's ruling your life mm-hmm. and manifesting hundreds of different ways in all situations and all relationships. It's knowing how to consciously choose a more life-affirming story. Yes. Choosing something that's going to help you and not hurt you. Correct. And being aware of the story you're telling yourself. Yes. Right. Right. And I think as a parent, like the way I look at, you know, my own kids and especially as they get older is identifying a story they're telling themselves and teaching them and modeling and coaching, coaching them on how to change the story that is not working for them. Yes. Right. 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 Yeah. And helping them, giving them the tools to how to break that down. What are some of those tools? So, you know, I think the first one is definitely self-awareness, right? It is understanding going back. I think it's very helpful when you can go back in time mm-hmm. and find the moment you made a decision, you know, for a lot of kids sometimes it's I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. right? Or they blame themselves for something that happened, especially kids of, you know, divorced parents. What often happens is, and I think this is what I'm kind of struggling a little bit with my son, my oldest son, is I'm not good enough. So you create the story, I'm not good enough, or it's my fault. You know, my parents got divorced. Yes. And then that story of I'm not good enough is playing out in all those different manifestations, Mm -hmm. right? And it's me coaching him to understand that he has a power to change the story and teaching him how to do it, right? right. Teaching him to A, be aware of it, so it's not a a subconscious thing anymore. Correct. And B, you know, teaching him some other tools to regulate, you know, his own emotions and his own thought process. Yes, right. And just, and and it's just this constant coaching, right? But, But you as a parent have to be aware of how this works so you can really help your kids. Yes. Which is why like Terry and I do, when we work with parents, we teach parents how to do emotion coaching for their kids. And the younger you start, the easier it is to oh teach my gosh, them, yes. right? Like anything, anything you, you just, do, or the sooner you yeah. do it, the better. Yeah. For, this goes across the board. Any health, fitness, anything, the sooner you act, the better. You know, you want to break bad habits. And the sooner you break those bad habits, the, the better it's going to be for you, right? So I think that's one of the main things that, yeah. You, you don't wait. Yeah. Right. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Because you hear so many families say, you know, oh, I wish we worked with you sooner. I wish I got help sooner with whether with us or mm-hmm. somebody else. Or, you know, I wish I changed my plan sooner of what I wanted for myself and my life and my direction. You know, if you see something, you know something, you want to do something, take action. Mm-hmm. Don't wait. Don't mm-hmm. wait. Because we always keep saying tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll make yeah, the change tomorrow. tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. And you don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring you. So, yeah. you know. But it's just knowing like today you woke up and it's a blessing and it's a gift and you have a choice to make a different, you know, decision, to make a different connection, to behave better, to, to do something differently whatever it is you did or didn't do yesterday doesn't have to define your day today yeah 
and 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 I think that's just very powerful to to forgive yourself for whatever failings, whatever expectations you feel you haven't met of yourself or other people. It's just and I really want to emphasize easy. on the expectation that sometimes we mm-hmm. put these expectations in our in our own heads and we don't communicate these expectations out loud. And so again, we go with the story. So I remember having a client who had high expectations of herself and she would really beat herself up and she would cry and she'd get upset because she said, I feel like I'm not the wife that I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like my house is not clean. I'm not getting dinner ready when Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be ready. Um, You know, I wanted to stay home because I wanted to provide for my family in this way. This is what I wanted to do. I decided to stay home because this is what I wanted to do. And I'm not able Mm -hmm. to do it. Now, she did have three kids. She had a, you know, a new baby, a two year old and a four year old. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do. Right. To maintain all that. And those are really high expectations. But these expectations she had for herself Right. One, she modeled or saw these expectations from somebody or somehow or, you know, she created Mm -hmm. this story in her Mm -hmm. head. But when we had a session with the with the couple, I had asked the husband, was this an expectation you had of her? Mm -hmm. He said, no. Yeah. No, I never had this expectation. And he looked at her and he said, I never. My only expectation was that you were home with the kids and that you were having a great time. Mm -hmm. And that's all I wanted. Mm -hmm. She was in tears Mm. when she heard that. But she didn't set. She didn't yeah. say that out loud, right? right? She didn't right. say to her partner, like, "I'm kind of feeling this way because mm-hmm. I'm feeling my expectation mm-hmm. is that I have to do this so that because you're out working and my con- mm-hmm. contribution mm-hmm. is to keep the home clean or to cook or whatever, right? right? right. He's right. like, "No, that's not your that's contribution. <laughs> For me, your contribution. Sorry, I can't say the word, but contribution yes, <laughs> is to be and have, have fun, fun with the kids and right. enjoy it." So the, the question is, like, whose idea of perfection are you trying to live up to? Yeah. Right. Just ask yourself this. Whose idea of this perfection, which is completely unrealistic, are you trying to live up to? Right. Yeah. And usually it's something you create in your own head that other people are not even expecting of you. No. You know, sometimes like I know I struggle with feeling like I don't do enough for the kids because I am, you know, I, I, I have this business and I work with clients and I have a lot of other responsibilities and I've never been a stay-at-home mom. And I just felt like, oh, my gosh, you know, that I fail my kids in some way because I couldn't spend as much time with them because I couldn't be there at five o'clock to pick them up. I couldn't go to all the school events like during the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and one day I had this conversation with my kids and I was so shocked. I was beating up, beating myself up for years yeah. because I felt like I wasn't delivering. I wasn't there for them. But that is not what they, that's not how they saw no. it. They actually, my girls told me that you modeled for us what it's like to be a woman who is driven, who is ambitious, who changes lives, who goes out for what she wants and gets it. And that is the biggest lesson you could have given us. Yes. And my son said, like, Mom, I don't I never wanted you to stay home and be like some other moms I know. I respect you so much for what you have achieved and what you've done with your life. I never wanted any of yes. this. It's just it was me, yes. right? Telling myself. Yes. This. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just powerful to kind of put it out in the open, discuss with your family, talk about talk it. about it. Don't, That's the main thing. Talk yeah. about it. If you have an expectation you need to talk about it and you need mm-hmm. to talk about it, you know, with your partner, your kids and say, you know what, this is the I'm feeling these expectations. I just want to know, is this 
aligning with you? Do you feel the mm-hmm. same way? Or am I putting added pressure on myself, right? Um, and then when your children have an expectation of you, sit down and talk with your children. Listen, you're putting an expectation that we have to compromise and that we have to work it, work it out because this is sometimes they're unrealistic expectations that our kids will throw they, out there. Yes. And then we have to teach our kids, well, you know, if you can make that happen, you tell me how that's going to work. Yes. And then we'll do it. Right. But you have to keep in mind <laughs> X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And when you can figure out X, Y, and Z, then we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. But I think it's really empowering to get that that sure. X, yeah. Y, and Z over mm-hmm. to your kids to say, well, help okay, me solve this. if you this can help me not, solve this yeah. and you can make this yeah. work and you know that these three things are, in, you know, you know, have a huge role, budget, right? Uh, how are you going to get mm-hmm. there? How are you going to get back? Um, and all these things that may, may you mm-hmm. know, I have to be responsible for, right? That yes. I have to have that yes. on my side. Yes. Tell me how that's going to work. And if you can come up with a solution, I am open to that. And I think what I want to definitely make sure that our listeners understand, and this is from the work of Brene Brown on shame, and I think this is a very key, important point to kind of keep in mind. Your expectations, when they're not being met of yourself and you don't talk about it, they turn into shame. Yes. Right? So what happens is you feel like you're failing. You feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you're not meeting people's expectations. But if you don't discuss it, if you don't put it out in the open, if you don't become vulnerable, if you don't disclose this to your loved ones, if you don't have a conversation, those feelings turn into shame. And shame is a very destructive feeling. Yes, yes. Right? You lose a lot when you have shame in there. You do. Yes, Yes, absolutely. And you go inward and then it just starts eating you up inside. Yeah. You know, so... Again, it's and it's back and to it's, creating that story yes, in your head because yes, there's no yes. need for that story to even be right, there. Right. And there's no need for shame either. Right. Yeah. Because that's just not an f- emotion that is going to benefit you in any way, shape or yeah, form. It's not going to serve you. That's very so, true. So, you know, we definitely I think this is a really important conversation and I'm sure we'll come back to this, you know, time and time again um, because it's just so real. Right. Yeah. Like we go through life and we get disappointed and we get upset because somebody didn't deliver what we thought they're going to deliver, didn't say something we expected of them. But sometimes we blow it out of proportion and we create this big giant story in our head. Well, they must not like me. They must not respect me. They must not think I'm this or that. Where in reality, it could have been well, they were busy dealing with their own, and their own, you know, stuff. Their own stuff, yes. their own right. things. Yes. It had nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. But we just create this big, giant story. And it's really, you know, if we want to leave you with anything today, it's be mindful of the stories you tell yourself. Discuss them with someone you care about Mm -hmm. and make sure that those stories don't turn into shame and guilt and, you know. And they eat you alive because they do. They really do. It can eat you alive where you just go into the spiral effect. Yes. And before you know it and you're in a different place that you just don't need to be there right so um it's so easy to get there it is so so easy easy to get get there there. but it's also just as easy to get yourself out when you have the right tools and you practice this on a regular basis yes so i think that's another thing is having those uh really intention intentional mindsets you know Mm -hmm. movement kind of thing of how you think about yourself and how you think about certain scenarios and just kind of 
continue to tell you the, tell yourself these things, mm-hmm. you know, it's a practice, mm-hmm. you know, create mantras in your head to help you get past some of these stories. Yes, I, I couldn't agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree with yeah. you more. So, well, thank you so much again for joining us and listening in. Uh, if you have any questions, you want us to answer anything, feel free to reach out to us at uh, info at ourparentcoach.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ourparentcoach.com. And then visit us um, at workingwithparents.com. And then keep in mind, join us on our Facebook Live. Uh, we have a couple of events coming up. So take a look at that and uh, join um, our workshop. That's Parent University that's coming up March 5th. Correct. So thank you so much, everybody. It was great being with you today. And remember to apply the CPR philosophy with compassion, patience, and respect to everybody you encounter in your daily life. Thank you. Thank you. Join us next week for another edition of Ask Our Parent Coach with Terry Manrique and Alina Greif. You're listening to a Morris Media production powered by Papa John's Columbus, a locally owned and operated franchise group since 1991. Somewhere out there, there's a man on a park bench eating his 500th PB&J. He has no idea Papa John's has new papadillas that are way better than a boring sandwich. With Papa John's best meats, cheeses, and veggies hand-folded into a crispy flatbread crust. Someone better tell that man. Get a new papadilla in one of four flavors for just six bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, better than a sandwich. Papa John's. Not valid with discounts, fees, and taxes. Extra prices may vary. Hey, boy. Tell him why you should do business with the Merry Truck. 50-plus years of fleet maintenance experience, exceptional customer service and communication, quick turnaround time on most repairs, and we will not be undersold. 1055 Dublin Road. Your truck resource, the Mary Truck. Ha <laughs> ha.